history has not been kind to Thomas. From the scriptures, we find out that Thomas is actually a solid, stand-up kind of guy. Earlier in John, when Jesus is suggesting the dangerous mission of going back to Judea, you know, the place that just threatened to stone Jesus to death in order to see Lazarus, who has died, Thomas is right along with Jesus, saying, Let us go, that we may die with him. Later at the Last Supper, Thomas is the one who asks how they will follow Jesus when they don't know the way. The Thomas of the Gospels is a loyal disciple. He is a follower of Jesus to the point of death. Now when we look at the tradition, the stories that have been suggested about Thomas where the scriptures leave off, Thomas gets even more exciting. It's thought that Thomas converted the people of India. There's even a crazy story that involves Thomas and a dragon. But is Thomas known for being the disciple willing to follow Christ to his death? No. Is Thomas known as the man who brought the good news to India? No. Is Thomas known as Thomas, first of his name, father of dragons? No. Thomas is only known for being doubting Thomas. And I think he's getting a bum rap. Put yourself in Thomas's place. According to his buddies, who may have had just a little bit too much Manischewitz, <laughs> Jesus, his teacher, his friend, who Thomas knows is dead, has just physically appeared in a locked house and wished peace upon the inhabitants. And apparently not a single one of Thomas's friends thought to take a selfie with the risen Lord. So how does Thomas react? Pretty much just like you or I would respond. Yeah, right, guys. Unless I can see him face to face, touch the holes in his hands and the wound in his side, I am not buying the story. And I can't say I really blame Thomas. We are told to fear doubt. We are told that Thomas in this story is an example of who we shouldn't be. We are told doubt is a sign of the spiritually immature. Doubt is a sign of a lacking Christian. But we all struggle with doubt. One of my favorite hymns reminds us that we are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Our faith will always ebb and flow. We will have times when we know God is there and that he is acting in our life daily. And we will have times when God seems distant or even non-existent. We will even have times when we wonder how we ever could have believed in such a strange, outlandish story. And we need this doubt in our lives to really make us examine what we believe and why. How are we going to go into the world preaching the Gospels if we have not fully examined what we think the Gospels say? How can we explain to a friend the resurrection if we have not fully scrutinized our understanding of it? How can we step out in faith when we ourselves are not convinced Jesus Christ, the living Lord, is calling us to do so? Doubt is not the enemy of faith. Doubt is the whetstone upon which we hone our faith. However, I want to challenge our, our assumptions about Thomas this morning. 
Sometimes we get so familiar with scripture, it can be easy to glaze over when the gospel is read. Doubting Thomas, we get it. We read this story every year. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Nothing to see here, folks. But imagine you really are Thomas. You are a man who left everything to follow the most amazing person you've ever met from town to town. You have seen him heal the blind and feed the hungry. You have heard him preach to mountainsides of people about the incredible love of God and the coming of God's kingdom. You followed him into Jerusalem, where he was greeted like a king, and then crucified on the hard wood of the cross like a traitor. And then, while you were down at Publix, picking up pub subs and fried chicken because it was your turn to bring snack, Jesus, your Lord, your friend, showed up and didn't wait for you to return. I don't think Thomas is really doubting. I think Thomas is craving a relationship with the risen Lord. I think he's throwing down a challenge to Jesus. He is saying, Lord, if you are really back, show yourself to me. Everyone else has seen you. Why not me too? And can we relate? Don't we all desire for the risen Lord to show himself to us? Whether you've seen Jesus once in your life or whether you've seen him a million times, we crave each and every time we see or hear or feel Jesus in our midst. We want to have a personal relationship with Christ. We want to sit at his feet and bask in the light of his presence. We want to know Jesus. And that's where I think Thomas's doubt is truly coming from. Notice what Thomas does next. Thomas doesn't just throw down his challenge and return to his normal life. Thomas continues to show up and meet with the disciples. Thomas continues to meet with the people who have seen the risen Lord. And Thomas is there when Jesus shows up again, precisely because he kept meeting with the disciples. Similar to Thomas, we are not called to walk alone in our doubt. While we may have friends telling us they have seen the Lord, it's often not until we see him ourselves that our faith is born or restored. And guess what? Jesus shows up. Jesus knew Thomas needed something more. So what does he do? Jesus comes to see Thomas. He tells Thomas, touch me. Do not doubt, but believe. Christians are called to be a communal people, to journey alongside others on their Christian journey. And that isn't just when we are on fire for God or at a high point in our faith. Like Thomas, we are called to keep showing up even when we don't really feel like it. When we're going through our times of sorrow or our periods of doubt, we need the community more than ever, even if it's just to lament or whine or question. And our community is who will show the risen Christ to us. And what about those times when we are on fire with the Holy Spirit? Those times when we have seen the risen Lord? Those are the times when we actively love our community back. We need to be with our community so we can be with those who aren't on fire. Those who have not seen the Lord lately. Or possibly those who have never seen the Lord at all. We love to blame Thomas for his doubt. But Jesus does not appear to be blaming Thomas. 
Jesus showed up, and we must show up too. Jesus does not call us to walk our path of faith alone. He walks with us and sends us companions in our faith. As a communion of saints, we lift each other up when we do have doubts, and we do not judge the questions our friends may have. We talk with them. We understand that the Spirit is working in them. We may recommend books or just give them a sounding board, and we listen. We also pray for them. Our liturgy includes prayers for those who doubt, those who don't yet know the Lord, or those who wish to have a closer relationship with him, all with the end that these persons or us ourselves come to have a closer relationship with Jesus. And while we can work towards faith, that confidence in God, in his existence and his love towards us, that peace is a true gift of the Spirit. But like Thomas, we have to keep showing up. If we take the first steps toward God, if we step out in faith, we make it even easier for God to meet us where we are in our faith journey. Doubt only becomes a real problem when we let it cloud our mind or let it gnaw at our soul. Do not let doubt stagnate your spiritual journey. Use it for the tool that it is. By all means, doubt, question, explore, challenge, and then peruse your BCP for prayers, daily offices, and liturgies that speak to your soul or bring you into a closer relationship with God. Join a Christian formation group, whether it's Sunday school, Bible study, or even an informal book study with friends in order to study your faith with others. Listen to different styles of Christian music and feel how it speaks to your heart. Use your doubt to grow in your faith to the mature Christian God will use to go out and speak to the world. Do not fear doubt, but don't let doubt consume you. Show up and give yourself every opportunity to see the risen Lord.